Hey y'all, this is Captain Daily Free. And Mr. Cornerstone. And you are listening to another episode of the Becoming, Becoming One Podcast. Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first off, just want to say happy Juneteenth, everybody. By the time you hear this, this will be Friday the 19th. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, celebrate y'all. Um, I just want to say welcome back. Welcome back. For those who've been rocking with us and listening since day one, two, three, five even. And I want to say hey to the people who are tuning in for the very first time. Thank you for listening. We want you guys to be involved in a part of this conversation. So we just really hope that you get something out of this year. And the same goes for everybody that is celebrating Juneteenth. Whether you've always celebrated it, whether you've always known about it, or if it's new to you, welcome. You are here now celebrate with everybody yeah yeah it's a big thing yeah, it's a yeah. big deal yeah yeah to be in this position where everybody well it seems as if everybody is aware of it now but it's a big deal so treat it as if it's a big deal this is our like freedom day like our our celebration yeah so let, let's treat it like that right make it significant y'all so this is episode, ooh, I don't know what number we are. I think 17. it's like, I think it's 17. If it's not, then you already know that I wasn't sure. So we're just going to say 17 and I'm going to leave it at that. So I'm going to hit you off with this quote of the day because that's what I do. I hit you with quotes. This quote says, parenting has nothing to do with perfection. Perfection isn't even the goal. Not for us, not for our children. Learning together to live well in an imperfect world, loving each other despite or even because of our imperfections and growing as humans while we grow our little humans. Those are the goals of parenting. So don't ask yourself at the end of the day if you did everything right. Ask yourself what you learned and how well you loved, then grow from your answer. That is perfect parenting. That is by L. R. Knotts. I can dig it. I like it. What do you like most about the quotes? Just because it puts emphasis on, you know, you're not going to do everything perfectly. Mm -hmm. And me, I've always been in that mindset, I I think. What do you do? You think I've always been there? Yeah. Yeah. I always knew that I'm not going to do everything perfectly. Mm -hmm. But what I did do is do the best I can and learn and grow and be better the next day. Yeah. So. And that's that's big facts. You know, you'll do the best you can. And as long as you're doing the best you can and you're learning and growing and you're open and honest with your child, you'll be all right. Yeah. And I like how it says, ask yourself what you learned and how well you loved, then grow from your answer. So even in the quote, it's basically just speaking to yourself in terms of encouraging yourself. Yeah. In terms of giving yourself space to grow from whatever it is that you feel like you might not have mastered or you feel like you might not have done 100% well. Mm-hmm. So it's just encouraging yourself to just grow. The only thing that I would say, though, mm-hmm. is that you have to talk to other people as well. So it's not just what I think I did well or mm-hmm. whatever. But, you know, I talked to you about what happened during the day. And I even talk to the kids like, hey, this 
this and this happened today. What do you think about it? Mm-hmm. This is where I was. If it was, if I was upset or if I was happy, what do you think about what's going on with the day? And all of those things together improve you as a parent and a person. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not just about thinking amongst yourself what you did well. Like, of course, give yourself props, but I think you need to. We need to normalize talking to your children. Oh yeah, about what is going on within the house mm-hmm. even amongst the parents being more open with the kids yeah i think that is pretty much big facts in this day and age i think especially with our generation i feel like we literally have done a pivot from how we were raised to how we're raising kids just the whole generation just the dialogue the communication the openness the transparency so i can dig it yeah i think it's just a learning from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. So taking what's good, trying to remember and keep some tradition. Yeah. But ev- like evolving into what we actually want within a family unit. Yeah. Evolve. I like that. That's what's up. Yeah. Yeah. All right, y'all. So I have some questions this episode for Travis, Mr. Cornerstone. So. Yeah, let's see what he has to say about fatherhood. fatherhood. And these are some of the same questions that we've asked other men. Mm-hmm. But now he's in the hot seat. Right. Even though it's not really hot. It's just kind of, it's actually muggy a little bit. Anyway, so are you ready? Sure. First question. How long have you been a father? Yeah, so uh, I've been a father um, literally for five and a half years. But the first time that I think that I felt like a father was in ninth grade. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why that comes to mind or why that memory comes up. But the first time that I was placed in that like fatherhood uh, feeling Mm -hmm. or role is when I had somebody tell me that I was more or they looked at me as more of a father than their own father mm-hmm. and that was in ninth grade so that was the first time fatherhood like that notion of fatherhood unlocked in my mind but mm-hmm. i've literally been a father for five and a half years okay okay five and a half years you're getting up there you're getting getting to seasoned parent status a little bit all right next question what was your first reaction when you found out you were going to be a father (laughs) i think that depends on the kid (laughs) well let's let's just hit all of them with tj i think that was like an overwhelming fear Mm -hmm. because with tj i was in college and that that was back when i was struggling like i'm sitting in math class and you have you ever been so confused that you didn't know what you were confused about Yes. So then you have to go and ask a question and you just say, like, I'll go and ask a question. Like, I don't understand. Well, what don't you understand? It's like I the don't whole know. Thing. Everything. I, <laughs> I don't, don't know what I don't understand. Yeah. All I do know is it, it I don't make know. Sense. Right. So I was in class and I was, I would literally sit there and it would get to the point of confusion. Now, this teacher, I absolutely hated him, hated him. Right. And he had like two fingers. Oh, literally? Literally, he had two fingers. Oh. He would hold the chalk with the two fingers and write. And he was mean. Just a mean person. Maybe he was upset about his other finger. He might have been. He got to take it out <laughs> on us. So he was mean, right? And he would just talk and talk and talk. 
And then he was seems like he would say the most complicated things that I've ever heard of. And then he would get to the end and say, well, it's simple, isn't it? I'm like, no, 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 it's not simple. Yeah. Right. So that that's where I was in college. And mm-hmm. I would sit there in class in some of these classes and literally just zone out. Like, why am I here? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that was I had like failed calc twice. And, I, and you can only, you only get three chances. Oh, I didn't know they get y'all. You only get three chances. You get, if you fail one of your main classes three times, then you're done. They make you change your major. You're done. So I was on my second strike already. Um, by the way, I didn't make it my second strike. You had to go three times. <laughs> so the third time's a charm. So that's where I was in school. Like if just if you could put that type of student Mindset. on, that's where I was. I'm like, man, I don't know if I can make it. Yeah. So then I found out TJ was on the way. I'm like, well, dang, I'm going to be, well, factory it is, you know what I mean? Which none against factory work is my boy is at a factory and I wouldn't have a problem with that, but it just didn't match your plans, my plan and where I was trying to go. So I was like, man, I ain't got nothing to give this kid. I'm still trying to graduate school. You know, I was working as a janitor at the time. You, know, you were working at, um, you were still doing your internship too. Yeah, I was doing, the, I was doing the internship. I was working as a janitor and I was, no, I would, I was moving, just starting the internship. I was working as a janitor and I was doing home life. Yeah. And I was still doing home life overnights, um, because they let me just, you know, do some work, do some work, mm-hmm. finish my work up, and then everybody would sleep so I could just sit down and study. study. Yeah. So, um, so those three and none of them actually paid, <laughs> you know, any, anything worth, yeah. you know, living off of. So I was like, man, I'm about to F this kid up. That's where my mind was at first. And I remember, uh, going to the movies with you and your mom and, and I was, and it was like during that whole time, like we were telling people, that was the only time I felt at peace. This is when I was at the movies with you and your mom. Uh, cause I remember that same weekend I told, I had the ring with me and I told your parents that I was going to marry you and I just wanted to get their blessing and stuff. But I felt that peace at the movie theater. And then I came out of the movie theater and it was like all the weight just came back on me right after that. I've never heard this before. I'm going to ask questions later. So, uh, after that, you know, we're getting back to, uh, the semester, the summer goes by, you know, we're working, 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 where I'm working, 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 you're working at the state and I'm working, trying to work as much as possible. I remember working at the state. Now I was literally taking as many hours as I can get. So I would work if, if anybody wanted me to cover anything, mm-hmm. I was doing it. So some days I would get home eight or nine and then, you know, you sleep a couple hours, but I still had to s- study. Um, and then I'll go back to work in the morning or some days where I would be, I would still be awake, but I know that I can't stay up because then I'll be late to work. So then you're not supposed to do this, but I was because I didn't want to be late for anything and mess around and get fired. Um, so I would drive 
back there while I was still awake at night, sleep in the car in the parking lot, and then start my day. You know what I mean? So I have time to to actually work and sleep. So anyway, that's what I was doing with the first one. And my mind, as you can tell, was just focused on providing a better environment. And it wasn't necessarily focused on being present. Uh, I just didn't feel like there was anything for me to be present for. So I had to, I was, it went into like this building mode and I got super focused in school uh, where it was to the point where it was just like, you know, no matter what, I have to finish. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, and I don't think about, I don't think it was count that I was in. I'm pretty sure that was in one of the later classes at that point. So yeah, I just got super focused in school. I got super focused with work, just trying to be better. Mm-hmm. And that's with TJ. With Atara, TJ was three? Nope, he was two. Two. He was almost three. Yeah. And I was in working in Florida at the time. And we had been trying for like a while. You know what I think, though? Like looking back on it now, part of me just thinks that it was just, well, one thing that attributed to it was the stress. And then um, like just the chemicals that was going on in my body because I had just went plant-based earlier that year mm-hmm. and then right before um we got pregnant i had got a new job offer at the same place i was working at doing a different position so i was going from working directly with the kids to the office so i was like oh okay this is gonna be way better way less stress so it was i think it was a combination of that it might have been i just remember we had been trying for a while i thought something was wrong with me i'm like okay i thought something was wrong with me i'm like <laughs> well uh guy well maybe the first one was a fluke right <laughs> but we, we had been trying for a while and i was working in florida um with an agency i'll say and then it was after christmas i came back mm-hmm. for christmas was it you came back right after Christmas. Yeah, I was Somebody there for a week. And then you told me that you were pregnant then. Now, that one, I was like ecstatic because I literally thought something like I didn't know if we'd be able to have another kid. Uh-huh. And I always wanted a big family. Mm-hmm. So with Tara, I was like, you know, it's actually happening. We're actually going to have another child. Mm-hmm. So I was ecstatic for it. And that one, I, you know, was having TJ. It's kind of like you yeah, have practice already. So I was yeah. more prepared. Wasn't scared. Um, we had a little more money at that time. So, yeah, we, we were more. I was more prepared for her. And so with her, it was just kind of like riding a bike. Yeah. Just getting back on it and knowing what to do, what to prepare for. I was more involved in that pregnancy than the other ones but still not super involved um just because the first part i was in florida for like the first two months well after you told me I didn't we co- found out the, the day you went back dropping you off at the airport that morning is when i found out i don't know but i was still gone for the next two months oh well, yeah i guess you're right so i was gone for the first part and then when I got back, well, um, well, to be fair though, you wouldn't have missed anything because they usually don't do appointments until you're certain, certain uh, ways. Yeah, this is my story. I'm sorry. Continue, so, sir. So I was gone for the first part. Then when I got back, I was working still, um, and I still wasn't at the a 
appointments, but I learned from this one because like with TJ, there was a whole bunch of stuff that the doctors were saying to you that was just like, it just wasn't, it shouldn't have been. Mm -hmm. And I found out all that out afterwards. So with this one, with Atara, I was at least on FaceTime if I was in the field or working in Grand Rapids or wherever. I was at least on FaceTime during these appointments. And then we had the birth at the hospital, which wasn't really a water birth, but it was kind of a water birth, but it wasn't <laughs> was really a water birth. So you labored in the water and then you had like that transitional labor. Yeah, like that earth shattering scream. <laughs> and then I wish I could have saw your face. And then I caught Atara and then we were out of the hospital in like like 36 hours from yeah, the time we got just in over a the day. time we left. And I was like, man, we could have did this at home. Right. <laughs> so that was that one. Uh, and, but then with Aaliyah, we had just moved here to Charlotte. Yep. And we, I was literally going back and forth in my mind. Because, like I said, I wanted a big family. But then it's like, how much time do you put in between? Like, we're trying to build right now. And to actually build something significant, it takes at least 10 years. Mm-hmm. You know? So we're trying to build. But I'm like, man, I want... I don't I don't want to just have two kids, but I want to build. Um, I think you were more comfortable with two. Yeah. And I wasn't. <laughs> but that's like expected because you're the well, one that some people, some, No, not necessarily. Some people have really super great, easy births and they don't care. Yeah. My biggest thing, and I had said this like years ago, I was like, I just want to be done by the time I'm 30. Right. Which is a vain reason. Yeah. Because, I mean, look at me now. I'm smaller now than I was before. So that really has nothing to do with it. But yeah. But you had just started working out for real like my level of workout i would mm-hmm. say so you had just started working out you had started on the business i was losing weight uh, you were losing weight we were moved to charlotte you know we were it's like we were starting something new things were moving momentum and then boom Aaliyah. and i was like oh, <laughs> well Nate's about to give up <laughs> i literally thought you would go give up on all of it and just be like well there goes and in my mind, I was like, at least it, maybe I can get her back in two years because you have the birth, right? The nine months, you have the birth. And then I'm thinking postpartum and I'm like, man, I got one of just making her transition. We're just about to build. What is about to happen? I literally thought you were about to quit everything. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, nah. No, we can't. We can't let it happen. Or I can't let it happen. Um, So eventually I got to the spot where I was. What? I just I remember when I told you, you were sitting at the computer. I don't know if you looked at me or if you just kept staring at the screen. You was like, well, you should better get ready. <laughs> no, I think I'll look at you when I said that because you came out and you just sat there, and I hate it when you do that. Cause you just walk in the room and you just sit there and stare at me. Like, what the heck do you want? So you just came, <laughs> you just came over to the computer. And you just sat there staring at me. And you were like, "I'm pregnant." It was like one time where you had been tracking like the, everything, family when, planning. Yeah, like when you were calculating when you were most likely to be pregnant. You're like, I'm least likely right now. The next thing you know, it's like, boom. And I, I think that probably, uh, it just wasn't smart because I was still nursing. So, I mean, 
I remember really you said know. that too. You never really know how fertile you are. It's just it's not good. But anyway, such is life. So Aaliyah's on the way, and then I'm like, this is good because it's what I wanted. But it was, I felt like it was bad because I li- I didn't think that you could handle all of this at one time because mm-hmm. you're not like the transition type. Savvy. Of, yeah, like I put, I felt like I was putting a lot on you mm-hmm. already. So then to put on a birth, I'm like, yo, Monet's about to crack. Mm-hmm. So I felt like it was a lot. And then we had to, we didn't know anybody. Yeah. We didn't know the city. And we definitely didn't trust hospitals. So I was like, well, how are we going to do this? But eventually we was like, okay, what do we want? That's what we're going to focus on. So we focused on that. Uh, we got through the birthing, I well, the pregnancy time period. Decided to go home birth and had what is the most stress-free and most connected birth out of any of the other kids. Mm-hmm. As far as having Aaliyah in the home, yep. downstairs, at night within two, a two hour time period mm-hmm. not waking up the other two kids which were upstairs yep. uh, the day that I inflated the birth pool right and mm-hmm. the day everything was all set so yeah it was it was Gucci so those are my reactions and thought processes okay as far as I remember so next question what type of father did you want to be? Uh, I wanted to be a father that was involved. Uh, I actually wanted to be a father that was always there. I'm going to be honest with you. I wanted, your, I wanted your spot. My spot? I would switch with you in a second. What do you mean? As far as you working and oh, not like being right a now? stay-at-home dad. Like right now? Yeah. Yeah. I would rather be a stay-at-home father and working with them as well as trying because we're trying to grow stuff creatively Mm -hmm. as well as try to grow things creatively um because uh providing is still one of my calls Mm -hmm. so whether i'm a stay-at-home dad or not i still would have to find a way to provide somehow so but i feel like we're both working on this together yeah so i would but i would rather switch Mm -hmm. and be that stay-at-home parent and work on something to build creatively mm-hmm. but it doesn't work for us it doesn't work out as well in that manner logistically yeah so i wanted to be or i want to be more involved um and part of that makes more sense to me now because with fathers the more involved they are the more connected they feel to a family mm-hmm. rather than just feeling like you're, you know, like a side thought or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I want I think that sums it up is just involved, present, uh, happy, teachable, teaching. Yeah. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. I understand okay. what you're saying. So if that's what kind of father you want to be, what kind of father or rather what type of father are you? Soft. Really? <laughs> no, I'm not soft, but I'm not as hard as I used to be. That's what she said. 
Oh my but goodness. <laughs> I'm not as I'm not as stern as I used to be. But I'm pretty sure that's because of Atari and Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. But originally, I wasn't. I don't think I was ever stern. But I was more like build, 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 build. What? I was gonna say something, but then you were gonna be like, "That's what she said." I was gonna say firm. <laughs> that's what she said. So anyway, mm-hmm. I was I was more so build, build, build. And I'm still the same build, but it's now it's, I take like those breaks. I just randomly picking up somebody mm-hmm. um, and taking that time to just hold the kid rather than like seeing what's wrong. Yeah. That, cause they are, if you, I mean, I pay attention, TJ and Atara, Atara's doing it now too, but they'll both just walk up and hug you mm-hmm. or each other for that matter. And so those random moments where you just decide to pick one of them up, that I think is a way of like filling their love tank. Right. Because that's just how they are naturally. They just want to be hugged randomly or, you know, how Tara will just randomly give Aaliyah kisses on the forehead. So things like that. I think that is just another way that they connect with you. Right. And I don't regret starting off like that with TJ because I don't think that TJ needed me to be soft Mm -hmm. with him. Because he was getting soft from you. Like and the, your mom. Yeah. So I think he needed somebody who would teach him how to deal with these things. Yeah. And as a result of that, he's like highly emotionally intelligent. Yes, he is. So he understands. And I'm telling people this and they literally don't believe me until they have a conversation with him. Mm-hmm. Like the random videos and stuff that you see, you, I wish that he would talk regular. But he doesn't. Mm. You have to sit down and get him comfortable enough to have a conversation with you. Yeah. And then you see how much emotional intelligence that he has and just how, you know, just off the board intelligence, period. Mm -hmm. So and I think that's a direct result of talking to him like, hey, I know you're pretty pissed off about. I didn't say that to him. Mm -hmm. I, I know you're pretty upset about whatever it was. But this is how you think about this. This is how you break that down. This is what men do. This is what you're going to need to be able to do. This is how you look at that. This is how you think. And I think I did that with him just because I saw a lot of myself in him at that age. The things that he dealt with, the dreams that he had, how he was thinking, Mm -hmm. what he needed. I was able to dive into that. But with Atara and Aaliyah, I don't know what that relationship is going to mold into because they're they're not at an age of having conversation yet Mm -hmm. but with them it's been mostly about like hugs and singing songs and stuff like that comfort yeah comfort so atara if i start seeing uh blue skies or uh other songs she'll automatically like calm down like just chill Mm -hmm. so I think um what was the question was what type am i yes what type of father are you i don't even know because i'm still working a lot i'm kind of present what you do with the time that you have available with them that is ultimately what will have the impact even if you are working a lot if you're working And then there's really no time in between the time you're finished working and the time you go to sleep when you have interaction with them. That's what's going to be weighty. 
Yeah. It's not necessarily how much you're working. It's what are you doing with the free time that you have? Do they get any? Right. Because we do have the random games and stuff. And I'm still teaching. I try to teach everything that I can. Mm-hmm. And that has like a... I think that has like a dark... Or rather you would consider it dark meaning behind it. Of trying to teach as much as I can. I don't care what age you are. Um, but I try to teach as much as I can. I try to play as much as I can and I try to imprint identity as much as I can mm-hmm. I don't care what age or time it is You, I try to use any and everything to teach mm-hmm. whenever so you're a teacher a teaching dad that's what's up okay next question what did you learn from being a father uh, everything I learned how to focus I learned how to, I think I learned how to properly love. I learned how to uh, increase my work ethic to whatever I needed to increase it to. Uh, I learned how to create what I want. Uh, I learned how to create a family. I learned I attribute everything to who I am today directly as a result of our family. So I know that I wouldn't be Travis today with what I know if it had not been for the family. Like I had like the the makings of a father. But then when I became a father, it was like, get focused. Like you, you got people that are dependent on you for everything now so let's 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 be the best version of yourself that you can be mm-hmm. so Gucci I got you okay next question what do you want your kids to know about you uh I want them in general I want them to know everything about me eventually I'll tell them everything about my past and as much as I know about their family eventually I'll tell them why I named them what I named them I want to literally yeah just everything but if there was only if I could only pick one thing then I would just want them to know that I love them that's it like if, if today was the last day I would just want them to know that they were loved by their father mm-hmm I'm gonna dig it. Next question. This is a good one. What would you say to fathers now? Um, just support each other. I think the fathers need to show more support for one another and we need to build more. So one one thing that I try to do is show fathers how to get involved in in small ways or big ways you know, things that they can do for the family outside of working because some men just don't know. So I would tell them to be as involved as possible. Insert yourself. Don't wait to be inserted because for some reason, y'all just don't. It's like, y'all, y'all hit this. I, I got it. I do it myself. Type thing. Like there was a video where the lady was carrying a bunch of suitcases. Oh my up. gosh. She, I do she, it myself. She's trying to get the lawnmower up the stairs. Yeah. I do it myself. 
So that's for some reason, it's like you jump into that. That's but, a confidence and identity thing. It doesn't really have much to do with the man. But I would just say insert yourself and be confident in your role. Uh, try to love your kids as much as possible. Don't worry about, uh, well, take care of your traumas of your past, but focus on loving your kids. Don't worry about what how you perceive love to be as far as how you received it. Give the child what they need. You know, break through your comfort zone uh, and love the child the way they need to be loved. Oh, and love the woman, too. That's their first example. Okay. Next question. If you could say anything to your kids, what would it be? All three of them individually. Uh, I'll tell TJ to uh, not take himself so seriously. And it, it doesn't have to be perfect. I would tell Atara that nothing is wrong with her. She can be as outspoken and rambunctious and you know she can be the boss that she is and Aaliyah's pretty chill so I'll tell her you know, I don't really know what her thoughts will be or she hasn't really <laughs> came into her own personality but she seems chill and happy uh, she seems like she'll be a thinker so I'll tell her to use her thoughts to make a change I like it Okay. Next question. Did you feel left out or insignificant during any of the pregnancies, deliveries, or postpartum periods? 100%. I, I didn't feel welcome at dealing with hospitals. I didn't feel welcome at any appointment that I was ever a part of. Dang. I thought the second one was just a little bit better than the first. No, it was... They were all horrible. Like, the hospitals are not a place that welcome fathers. In my experience, they're a place that, you know, they might be welcoming to mothers and kids, but they, you know, it was always just kind of ignored. Like, oh, you, you, the, you're, you're here. You're, you're, is, is this, are you, are you, are you a part of this? type of thing mm. but then dealing with the home birth they respected Man, me as a part of the family so with her i felt involved in that process yeah because like she would actually pay attention to what i thought what i was thinking where i was what i thought was needed or even specifically look at you right. and ask you do you have any questions concerns what do you think right so that's, is that speaking to all of those different areas, the pregnancy, delivery, and postpartum? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because even in your postpartum, you just wouldn't, you wouldn't talk. And I remember after TJ, I was like, well, she's not talking to me. What what else am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. So you weren't talking. I didn't know how to deal with that stuff. And you weren't listening to me. So I just said, well, I'm just going to focus on being happy so i remember taking tj out with me like to hang with reggie or whatever and i would just go focus on being happy because like the one that sticks out it's like you were wrapped up in a blanket 
feet on the wall just looking at the ceiling and i'm like what is wrong with her mm-hmm. monet what's wrong nothing monet what is wrong nothing all right well i'm gonna take tj and we're gonna go try to catch some fish and so we left we got a couple of friends and we were just out for the day and i'm not saying that was right but that's how i took it like i didn't know what else to do for that and then with Atara, I don't really feel like there was any postpartum the way it was with TJ. And if there was, I didn't really see it. And then with Aaliyah, uh, I kept saying that you won't have it. Like you won't have the postpartum low, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. You know, we focused on eating, we focused on exercise, we focused on mental health, and I felt like you were actually listening. And your belief was higher than what it was for the other two. And I haven't seen that low show up. Mm-hmm. Has there been? Mm, not as it pertains to postpartum, no. Yeah. So I don't know if that's just specifically about postpartum depression, but. Well, I think it's just normally they refer to postpartum as like the fourth trimester. So those first three months after you have the baby. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Next question. What has been the most memorable part of the fatherhood journey? Uh, Aaliyah's birth. Mm. Hands down. With TJ, I was on and off working. You know, like I was working so many hours with TJ. I would max out my time card and have to put time on my next time card because I wasn't allowed to charge that much time. Mm-hmm. Like that's how much I was working with TJ. I remember. So I was on and off, you know, with him as far as everything goes. Um, with Atara, she was still new. And then we jumped into preparing for Aaliyah. So I think by far it was Aaliyah's birth. And that whole experience. Okay. Next question. What help do you need as a man and or father? What, what? What help do you need as a man and or father? Um, I need a, a community of fathers that I can hold on to. Like a deeper community of fathers. Men leave their families and friends to become fathers. And it's hard to keep friendships because you have to be so involved in your family. But we need that community to grow as men, right? And then within the house, I need everyone to be healthy and whole. And I think for me, a more like emotional support so that I can get into healing mm-hmm. the past so I can be more present Yeah, because I can't do all of it at one time like we talked about before okay. I can't do everything but I can focus on one thing mm-hmm. so if y'all are healthy and whole and y'all are good, then I can step back and be able to focus on healing the past mm-hmm. 
so that I can be more present. Right. Uh, okay. Um, last question. I keep doing that. Snack. Yeah. I've been smacking. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. I really did not know. I thought I was doing good. Sorry, y'all. Okay. <laughs> Do you know about any resources that could help you as a father? I, I do now just because I've tried to more so reach out and find it for people. And then my brother works at a a dad's network in Kalamazoo. So he's good at helping me find different things. But as far as a place where I can go and get information and, you know, and lean on one another, I don't think that I have that. So that's part of what I'm trying to build Mm -hmm. is that because men need that. Whether we recognize it or not, we need that. So that's something that I'm trying to build. But I think that I know how to find the resources that I need. My issue is just when I am able to actually use those resources, Mm -hmm. you know, when I can focus on using those resources instead of, you know, focusing on whatever's needed to be done for the family right now, which is a area that men always struggle with. It's like we where we want to go and do something or heal or do whatever for ourselves. Like we talk about, you know, counseling or whatever you put in the place of counseling as far as the the health of the the, the father. But we need to know that everybody is good. And if it takes away, right? Like if, if it's a choice between one of us getting, mm-hmm. then nine times out of 10, I'm in my, from what I've seen, nine times out of 10, the father or the man's gonna say, no, you go and get, and then I will be here and ready to get mine when that time comes. I think that in many situations though, that time just doesn't come for the man. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not a, I don't think for me, it's a issue of knowing what resources are available, but it's more so knowing or having the opportunity to go and, and get those resources. Mm-hmm. So, but again, that's something that we're creating yeah you know it's something that we need and that we're creating because it's not like it's something that you go get and you're done with this is like a continual process throughout your entire life yeah the people that create it are the same people that need it Mm -hmm. you know uh it's just that (laughs) we're willing to admit that we need the help and we want to show other people that there is help so it's a continual process that you need your entire life. Uh, it's just when can you start? Yeah. And I think just this list of questions, this conversation of questions between yourself and the other fathers that have been, you know, kind of giving us some feedback. I think it's much needed to kind of shed some light on the mind of a father. 
Because, I mean, as women or even a man who's not a father who, or who has never been a father figure, you know, we don't really know what, what you guys go through or what you think or experience unless there is some type of situation where you guys are open and willing to share. So I think that this has been awesome for the month of June, which is all about fatherhood. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I appreciate you for taking the opportunity and time to share your heart and experience. This has been dope. And we, sure. I appreciate it. And I always like to hear about people's experiences, whether it's somebody I know or somebody I don't know, because it helps me learn mm-hmm. about things that I don't know. Yeah. So that's what's up. Yeah, appreciate you. All right, y'all. Well, I keep smacking and I'm I'm truly, truly sorry about that. I I can't help it. I'm going to do better next time. Y'all can't see me smiling, but I, I just smiled at Travis. He doesn't look amused. It's my sm- my smacking. So sorry. Okay, y'all. Well, this is Confidently Free. And Mr. Cornerstone. And you have just heard another episode of the Becoming, Becoming One, One Podcast. Podcast. All right, y'all. Be easy. All right. Peace.